0: Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Do not worry. Does that actually work? (laughs) Does hearing someone say to us, Don't worry. Does that actually cause us to feel less worried? Maybe it works when we are younger. Maybe when the world looks different than it might to us today, years later. Although, even telling a child not to worry in today's time may not have the same impact it once did, if it ever did. And just to acknowledge, we of course know there is a big difference between just the everyday worry that we may experience and and the actual, sometimes almost diagnosable worry and anxiety that many of us go through, certainly in the last couple of years. Perhaps it's not necessarily about age or the place of life we are in as much as the one we are hearing telling us not to worry and the relationship that we have with that person. At the, at the beginning of Luke chapter 12, Jesus speaks to thousands of people. Thousands upon thousands, the scripture reads, so that they were crushing each other. Few things draw crowds together like uncertainty and need. Even sporting events. Thousands of people packed into an arena, millions more watching on TV and online. Why? The need. The need for fulfillment, the need for community, perhaps even the need for hope. And Jesus speaks to these needs. Maybe not necessarily fulfilling them, or at least fulfilling them in our own perspective, our own expectations, but by showing and reminding us what it means to live in the kingdom of God. Don't get caught up in false teachings, Jesus says. Don't try to be who you are not meant to be. Don't let people convince you you are worthless. Don't get caught up in material possessions so that you forget everything else. In other words, do not let fear and insecurity overshadow how wonderful you are and how wonderful God is. Do not worry. Therefore, I tell you, Jesus proclaims, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? If then you are not able to do small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, and is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink. And do not keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things. And your Father knows that you need them. Instead... Strive for his kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be as well. Consider the ravens, the lilies, the grass. When you hear a passage like this in your first year of seminary, when you already know everything, you tend to analyze kind of these time-honored traditional passages that are just supposed to make you feel better and less anxious. And I remember thinking, probably when I was about to preach this passage, yeah, well, you know, when it comes to lilies and ravens and grass, what do they really have to worry about? They're not intelligent enough to worry. They have no idea of what's going on. It's easy to not worry when you're not aware of the world and the reality around you. And then in then in this chapter of Embracing the Uncertain, Reverend McGrae de Vega writes about a couple who is very much aware of their world. And yet he writes about the songwriter, Sevilla D. Martin back in the early 1900s, writing the song, His Eye is on the Sparrow. How it was inspired by her meeting a couple, Mr. and Mrs. Doolittle, in Elmira, New York. Mrs. Doolittle had been bedridden for 20 years. Mr. Doolittle was in a wheelchair. And yet, she says, their spirits were indefatigable. I love that word. When Martin asked the Doolittles the secret to their tenacity and to their courage, Mrs. Doolittle responded with a confident statement that alluded to Jesus' words in Luke 12:6: "His eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. "Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely? And long for heaven and home. When Jesus is my portion. A constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. Just imagine. Imagine the vastness of the world in all of its layers and all of its heights. And depths and everything which is happening all the time. And in the midst of all of this, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, God's eye is still on the sparrow. And we know He watches us. In the midst of all of this, we are not alone. McGray writes, rather than longing for heaven and home, for a better time and a better place beyond the miseries and sufferings of this life, one ought to focus instead on the presence of God in the here and now, amid the struggles of today. To be comforted by God does not mean we are removed from suffering, but that we are given new ways of seeing God's presence right in the middle of that suffering. And then he kind of compares it to a crystal ball versus a kaleidoscope. And which do we tend to put more focus on? He writes, Jesus draws our attention to things we can see, like birds, like flowers, and how they don't reap or sow or feed themselves, but somehow God cares for them. Because it's not just about seeing what is around us, it is about understanding how God provides, and cares for all creation. The good news, he writes, is God's ability to act is not contingent on our ability to see it. Let me say that again. God's ability to act is not contingent upon our ability to see it. Certainly not in that moment. As United Methodists, we call that prevenient grace. The grace of God which exists before we as finite humans ever realize that anything is going on towards our care, our love, our restoration. At some point in life, we may look back upon our own story and then see how God was present in whatever circumstance. But we also see that provenient grace here at the open table when we celebrate communion, when we welcome new members, when we baptize individuals, when we remember our own baptism. All of those are what we call that outward, visible sign of an inward, spiritual grace. It reminds us that those signs of God could be from anywhere or anyone. In one of the stories of Winnie the Pooh, we get a glimpse into what it means that those open, almost invisible signs of grace can exist not just in things, but also individuals. Today was a difficult day, said Pooh. There was a pause. Do you want to talk about it, asked Piglet. No, said Pooh after a bit. No, I don't think I do. Well, that's okay, said Piglet. And he came and sat beside his friend. What are you doing, asked Pooh. Nothing really, said Piglet. Only, I know what difficult days are like. I quite often don't feel like talking about it on my difficult days either. But goodness, continued Piglet. Piglet. Difficult days are so much easier when you know you've got someone there with you. And I'll always be here for you, Pooh. And as Pooh sat there working through his head his difficult day, while the solid, reliable piglet sat next to him quietly, swinging his little legs, he thought that his best friend had never been more right. Embrace the uncertain which comes with worry. And not only may we be able to see that grace of God, which has been there the whole time, we may also be able to be the grace of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we acknowledge the very true reality which comes from worry and anxiety and uncertainty. And in times in our lives or in the lives of those around us, it is overwhelming. It overshadows all of our perception, all of our actions and decisions. And sometimes we need more than just a simple word of comfort. In these instances, O God, may we see you. May we see you in the benefits of professional counselors. May we see you in the benefits of family and friends who simply sit by our side. But may we also see you in the simple things, such as the wonder of your creation. In whatever ways we are able to see your inward spiritual grace, as we receive it, may we also share in days of worry to remind us that you are with each and every one of us. We pray this in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Years ago, when Hurricane Katrina ravaged the South, our church, where I was at the time, took a mission trip to Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. And it was only just a couple weeks, if that, um, after the hurricane had passed and the town had been ravaged. Cars were upside down. The buildings were just demolished. The bridge out into the Gulf was simply gone. And every single tree was bare, stripped of its leaves, and so they were just like fingers coming out of the ground. And it was so quiet. And as we were there literally just helping people to continue to take the rubble out of their homes, onto the streets, we realized that we were not just there to help demolish the rest of what had been destroyed, um, but also in some way we were almost there as counselors, inexperienced counselors, but helping people through their grieving process. And each day at the end, we would go to the church that we were staying. And I remember after maybe the second or third day, in the morning, I heard this tweet. And I looked up, and it was a tiny little sparrow, the only bird that I ever saw in the midst of that time that we were there. And we were there for about a week. And every single morning, this bird would be up in that tree right above the church, and it would sing. In the midst of destruction, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of uncertainty, even in the midst of the loss of that community and life. It was as though this bird was reminding us that even in the midst of all that, God was still there. Let us not overlook the simple gifts that we are given, that God is all around us. And as we receive that, may we also share that with one another. And may we do so going forth in peace in the midst of uncertainty. Amen.